on this week's episode, Master Chief returns for an all-new adventure. Is the best game really at the Game Awards? And after 38 years, is it time to fight the World Crime League? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review. I feel like a mime here doing the five thing on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Humanican Media, and of course, do anything that you can to support us because we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And on Sundays is a big day because not only you get a fabulous game run by DM Mitch in the morning, you also get Vampires and Vitae in the afternoon, and you got us smashed right in the middle right there for you. So it can't get any better than that. Please check out Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos, plus also Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitch, YouTube, and whatever we do, including our brand new spot. And hello to all the listeners out there on the Wisdom app. For conversations that matter, talk with thoughtful and amazing people. You can listen live or listen later and be inspired by thousands of talks, including ours. Please go ahead and check us out today on the Wisdom app. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our own voice of wisdom at Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His awesome shows as part of the Humanican Media Experience entitled The Super BS Gamescast and Topicocalypse, plus his amazing book, and we'll get into books a little bit later, but he's got one himself entitled Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? So I recently got to the ending of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, you did? We've been so talking did I. About this for a while. Hey, what did you think of that ending? As, as a non-fan of the anime, what did you think? I thought it was solid. I had an issue with episode eight where they were talking about doing a plan all together to beat this one super villain. And it ended yeah. up just being Spike himself doing the whole thing. And it was like, okay, I thought they were talking about doing this thing together. And they had the whole grandiose plan and ended up just being him. But nine and 10 closed out pretty good. Left it open, obviously, for another season, which is still pending from Netflix. We'll see what happens there. It was trending at one time in the top five shows on Netflix. So maybe that's enough volume out there. A lot of people like it. A lot of people hated it. So there's a lot of divisiveness out there. I said overall this series is good, but I want to hear what you think. As someone who does enjoy the the anime, like it kind of, it was good up until like that last part. It was good up until the last episode because it looked like it was going to close everything off. And then 
It can't it if it wants to go ahead and extend it. No, I, I know that. I know that. But I just I didn't like where they left things like Jet's child being taken hostage like that felt forced to me. You know, like there. How do we bring all these characters together? It just it felt so forced. And why was Spike so against telling Jet about the the being in the syndicate? You know, that was never an issue in the cartoon. And so I, I guess like I just I didn't like the openness. I, and I guess the the thing that irritated me the most at the end of that show was the thing with Julia. Like that was not even anything talked about in the anime. It was her wanting to take over the syndicate. Yeah. And that I think that element right there almost ruined the show for me. You know, yes, wow. I will go back and watch a second season, but that right there really just just killed it for me because I didn't like the turnaround that her character made. I kind of liked personally on that end because it gives her a chance to grow her character and uh, it just it seemingly still keeps the main villain uh, you know still alive in some sense Uh, spoilers by the way everyone didn't know by now but you know spoilers if you haven't watched it all 10 episodes are available now on netflix but we are talking about cowboy bebop and i'll say overall i kind of liked it to me, I, I really enjoyed my time with it, so I, I liked the turn at the end. I know you didn't, but because, again, that's probably a non-anime fan to well, the anime fan. Maybe that's yeah. the difference right there. Uh, I know the, uh, what's the character's name with the uh, weird glasses and whatnot, the Ed character, or, you know, that, yeah, so that yeah, was a lot of people that was, don't like the fact he, that, that it was just barely introduced at the very, very end. But it's, again, it's setting yourself up for season two. I love yeah. the Jet Black and Faye Valentine characters. I think oh they're gosh, tremendous. Yeah, they were really great. And I, I love the, um, I don't know, the, this show kind of gave Faye a little more depth than what she has had previously. Yeah, I, I just thought she oh. was tremendous. I thought Jet Black is tremendous. I think those two yeah. actors are really good. I thought John Cho, he's all right as Spice People. He's effective for what he does. Uh, you know, you could you have casted better? Yeah, I think you could have, but I yeah. think he's okay. I just thought that Jet Black and Faye Valentine in their roles were just so much better. You just didn't effectively capture the coolness of Spike Spiegel. And I think that was one of the things that dragged the show down a little bit for me. But again, like it wasn't bad. I also, with Ed, you know, I didn't feel like the show felt like a live action anime until Ed showed up. I feel like they're trying way too hard to make Ed true to the anime. Like, I don't know. Ed was almost an unbelievable character, and I think that's another element. But like I said, like I will watch a second season. Should Netflix approve it? Yeah, should Netflix approve it? But it was just, you know, there were some things about it that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I know it wasn't perfect for everybody, but I kind of liked it. And again, as someone who goes into it as a non-fan of the anime, I, I just never had a chance to get around to watching the anime, so... For me, watching this, I thought was a really good introduction to the Cowboy Bebop. And I actually might now get into the Cowboy Bebop anime because of it. So I think, again, for me, it was a positive, and I'm hoping for a season two of Cowboy Bebop. But it is going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about a ton of great things here on this December edition of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Halo is coming out pretty soon. In fact, this week, the whole game is dropping far as the campaign is concerned so we'll talk about our expectations for that plus also as well two major properties out there in superhero land dropped some trailers this past weekend in peacemaker and spider-man across the spider-verse so we'll talk about each coming up on the show the game awards is coming out on the 9th going to be broadcasted on every 
Outlet, YouTube, Twitch, the whole nine yards. The one thing we want to talk about as far as predictions, we're not going to be talking about every single category. We're just going to talk about one category in particular in our annual Let's Talk the Game Awards. And that is the game of the year. They came out with the nominations already, and you can actually vote on them today at the Game Awards website. But we're going to talk about the Game Awards Game of the Year and if this actually is a true representation of the best games of 2021. We're going to talk about that coming up on the show, plus five of the coolest pop culture gift ideas. And would Josh like to stay at the house known from Home Alone? We'll talk about that at the back end of the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Halo Infinite. It is dropping very, very soon on the 7th, if I'm not mistaken. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I have been at length on the show talking about how this was a mistake by Microsoft to even produce it and release it at this time. They should have released it two weeks ago. Actually, they should have released it a year and two weeks ago. Delayed it and delayed it up until this point. They bypassed the Black Friday shopping season, which everybody was spending their money on and are gambling on the fact that maybe people will go ahead and spend the money on it now. Your thoughts on the expectations that you have for Master Chief in a big return for him in Halo Infinite? You know, it's weird. Like, if you were to ask me about my expectations for Halo 10 years ago, you know, I would say, like, after Combat Evolve came out, or, or even... Wait, no, three. no, at three, after three, let's say after. after three. If you were to ask me my expectations, they'd be pretty high, you know, because I was still, I was still pretty high on that franchise. I love the mythology. I love the emotion that was brought forth in that storytelling. And I loved Marty O'Donnell's soundtrack was so good. And I think and, sales wise, Halo 3 might have been the peak of the series because it, yeah, you know, just, I, the, just the sheer importance of the Halo franchise. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. But a big factor for me was that there weren't a lot of games out there that were franchise-based and had stories that kept you wanting more. You know, like you look at Resident Evil games, they're like, oh, yeah, there's a zombie outbreak, there's a villain pulling the strings, there's a virus and all that, and there's even, you know, like Borderlands. Borderlands is fun, but it's not like a story that I'm clamoring for more of that. Even Gears of War, I guess, would be the same, but Halo... Halo had something special. Halo was is the only game franchise that I have, I mean, even more so than Final Fantasy. And you know I love me some Final Fantasy. But Halo is the only game franchise that made me truly want to go and explore every nook and cranny of that universe. You know, Mass Effect, and it does that for me in a different way. But Halo, you know, it's like, it doesn't have as much to explore. So I feel more satisfied at the end of Halo because I know that I was able to scour every inch of this universe you know, without taking 60 plus hours to do it. You know, I love looking for the terminals and just exploring all the different nooks and crannies, looking for skulls. So if you were to ask me what my expectations were after Halo 3, they'd be pretty high. Since then, you know, Halo 4 was okay. Halo 5 was really a bummer for me. I did not like it. And I mean, I didn't dislike, I just was not a huge fan of what they did with the game, you know, especially since it took so much focus off Master Chief. And I know that's just, I'm just another voice in the choir, you know, people saying the same things over and over. So going into this one, yeah, I'm excited to play it, but like I'm nowhere near excited as I was when say like Halo 3 came out. You know, it's one of those games where like, I'm looking forward to it, but not not with really any expectations in mind. And that's something 
that is squarely on the shoulders of Microsoft and 343 Studios for getting to this point where there are a lot of people like you that don't have the high level of expectations going into this because of the fact that Halo 5 was such a disappointment. Like you said, there was a, yeah. a large chorus of individuals that were disappointed by Halo 5 and its ultimate outcome. Halo 4 was kind of trending in the wrong direction, but still had some hope. Halo yeah. 5 was the ultimate disappointment. So we'll see what happens. It is focusing more, again, primarily, I say primarily, on Master Chief and what, what worked for the original Halo. I think it's going back to that type of style. This is going to be a little bit more open-ended, a little bit more open world, but it's not a full open world. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. It's, it's going to give you some broadness as far as where you go. It's not as linear. You get to be able to do some exploration. Things are looking good there, but I want to go ahead and say that, yes, my expectations are tempered with this release. I just say it better be good. Because again, I'm going to go on the soapbox one last time and say, yes, this game needs to be good because of the fact it came out a year later than expected. This had a chance to be the quintessential game for this decade in the fact that it could have released and launched alongside the Xbox Series S and X and really boosted that where, quite frankly, it could have actually exceeded the Xbox ahead of the PlayStation 5 because the PlayStation 5 did not have a marquee title upon its release. And just imagine if the Xbox and Halo would have been released alongside each other. The expectations and the results could have been outstanding. And now we have over a year later, after the biggest selling point of the year for most individual retail outlets and most individual games that come around that time, there's a reason why Call of Duty and Battlefield and all these other games come out in late October, early November. It's because they want to go ahead and be there and be available for the Black Friday rush. And now it couldn't even make that. So I have tempered expectations, but they're also expectations that they better deliver or the Halo franchise future as a preeminent game series could be in doubt. Yeah, I mean, and part of me also wonders, like, how much farther can we take this? How much bigger can we make this universe? We already had this big fight with the Master Chief. We briefly talked about and completely dropped the ball in the Forerunner story. Now we have the Banished, so we're back at these, you know, one of the Covenant races. Like, where else is the story going to go? There's not really a lot more mystery to be unfolded in this universe, unless there's, like, they introduce some big foe that even preceded the forerunners and i know they have the precursors in there and but the precursors are just supposed to be the flood there so needs to be a new threat amen that's exactly what i'm saying like it's just they're kind of rehashing the same things over and over again so if this is good wouldn't it just make sense to end the franchise right here and you know maybe five six years from now ten years maybe have like a new something in this universe right something that is a sequel to halo but it's very quiet about being connected to the rings what are your thoughts out there on halo infinite which is being released this week store shelves and digital platforms on the xbox series s and x we're excited to hear about what's going on in the latest adventure for master chief as you can see above my left shoulder, he's standing above. He's looking over us right now. So we'll see what happens in his latest adventure in Halo Infinite. Will it be the success that Microsoft has been hoping for for now for 
over a year in its delayed launch, or will it be something that gamers are not as interested in and, quite frankly, have let Halo gone by? We'll see what happens with that. But if you have any thoughts on Halo Infinite, we're already having a lot of fun with the Halo Infinite multiplayer. So that now, I think, because of the fact that they released it differently is this whole separate issue. But are you excited to play it? We want to hear your thoughts as you play it or after you're done with it. Please let us know your thoughts on the Halo Infinite campaign. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Big on America. Hey, guys. This is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with... Big Hops. And I'm also here with... Mikey Famine. Big on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Big on America. There's so much more to talk about on today's program. Did you get a chance to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which is coming out late next year? They came out with their first look with Spider-Gwen dropping in on Miles Morales and all ready to start a new adventure again in a different part of the Spider-Verse, per se. So it looks really cool. Could he be going into the future to a alternate timeline an alternate universe it looks really cool gave you just a brief look but again the animation style and the look and the feel that won it the academy award when the original came out three years ago it was something that you and i both spoke very highly of when it was released and of course like i said it won the academy award so this is the follow-up that sony is very happy to go ahead and present to you kind of came out at a weird time this weekend wasn't expecting a big release like this. Didn't know they needed to release it now. Would have probably been better maybe when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. I mean, they could have released it alongside that. Probably would have been more apropos, but they did. They released it. Looks really good. Looks like more of the same. And you know what? That may not be such a bad thing. Yeah, so I, I saw this trailer drop last night. And yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't really a trailer. Actually, it was more of like a part of the film or a yeah part of part of the actual film it's yeah. like a first look at the actual film. yeah and it was it was cool i mean i i guess you know it, it was nice to be back in that world and i forgot just like what a great job the voice actor for miles morales does with yes. that character and Haley steinfeld uh, who is kate bishop is uh back as war fighter yeah that's right so yeah, I mean, they, you know, they showed her opening the portal and he's wondering how that happened and all that. And then all of a sudden, it like fast forwards to the scene of him falling through time or whatever. And he's fighting Spider-Man 2099, which is actually one of my absolute favorite iterations of that character. That's Miguel O'Hara. For those of you who are comic book fans or aren't comic book fans, they did a, a loose interpretation of that comic book on Fox Kids back in like the 90s called Spider-Man Unlimited. Played by Oscar Isaac. I just want to make sure. Oscar Isaac, that's right. Yeah, it only lasts. They've got a lot of graduates, man, from that that, particular movie to other Marvel projects. You've got the Eternals. You've got Moon Knight. You've got Mm -hmm. Hawkeye. You've got them all in there as part of the cast. So, 
Yeah, yeah, and they, you know, they did a good job. Anyway, Spider-Man 2099, one of my favorite iterations of Spider-Man. So I'm, I'm excited to see that play out, but also, like, why were they fighting each other? That made no sense to me, you know? Maybe he was trying to get him to get into whatever universe that Spider-Man 2099 is going into. So maybe that could be the deal. I, I'm not 100% sure, but it looks very interesting. And I really, really enjoyed what I've seen so far because I was really surprised. I was going into Spider-Man, into the Spider-Verse, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a cool movie. Maybe I'll go ahead and check it out. And I checked it out, and I was literally floored at how great this was. It was one of my best movies of the year, the year it came out. And the animation style, the feel, it was like, okay, Sony went ahead at the animation studios and said, we're going to take everything that's been done right, and we're going to go ahead and amp it up to 10 as far as animation is concerned. The animation style, the look, the feel, the story, everything just flowed so well. The voice acting, everything hit on that corner. In fact, to me, it's one of the best animated films of the last decade i'm gonna put it right out there so i mean in fact if i would stand it up with any animated film of the last decade uh, i'm yeah. excited to see what's going to happen uh, across the spider-verse when it comes out part one so they're already one, telling that's what I was gonna say. yeah, yeah they're already telling you it's a part one because a part two is coming up i'm sure after that murder yeah for sure yeah, and no, I mean, this is like a big time for Spider-Man. So, like, I, I just also recently got my tickets for No Way Home. And I got a little scared after, like, I saw they're selling on eBay for, like, $1,400. But then I was able to just snag them on Cinemark for, like, 6 bucks. I don't know what that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, did you, did you read that, though? Like, scalpers crashed. I reported Bandanas. that on That's... the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos. That's yeah. insane, man. It's absolutely insane. And, like... Let me guess, L.A. or New York? LA and yeah, LA or New York and they're selling and people are buying them. Cause I mean, you can go to sold listings and they're, they're ones that are green. So obviously somebody bought them, but yeah, it's absolutely insane, man. Well, it reminds me of the days with Avengers Endgame is there were people for the premier night, Thursday night first showing that they were selling that on eBay, like you said, for thousands of dollars. So and people were buying them. So, you know, it's just crazy what people are going to do to oh, go sure. ahead and say they see it first. And you're not, let me put it to you out there. You're not going to see it first. The critics get to see it first. So that's who really sees it first. Plus there's a premiere. So you really, in essence, don't really get to see it first. But you want to yeah. spend $1,000 on a ticket for Spider-Man No Way Home? God bless you. All right. That's what you really want to do with I, your cash? All right. I just, I don't know. I mean, the fact that people can afford to do that is disgusting in itself. It is Spider-Man. Coming, not only with No Way Home, but in the not-too-distant future next year, there will be a new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Part 1. Coming Did they give you. a solid release date on that? Was it October? I think it was October of next year. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So it's not coming out till later next year, the fall, but still looking very good what we're seeing so far. Like the first taste of it, actually, from the movie, it wasn't a, like Josh says, not a trailer trailer per se, but it was a look into the actual movie itself. So I like that scene. Uh, that, you know, it's something that they don't do a lot of. So I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Are you liking what you're seeing from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, my friend, did you get a chance to see Peacemaker with John Cena 
That series, I believe, is coming to HBO Max in January, if I'm not mistaken. Is coming out there. He's having a great sense of humor. Looks like he's got his little team together to go ahead and help him. Plus, I think, I don't know if it's his brother as Vigilante, but I think it is. It looks like it's going to be set up for another comedic run for John Cena and a very much appreciated and beloved character from the Suicide Squad. But your thoughts on Peacemaker before we head to the break? I don't know. Like, I enjoyed what I saw of him, you know, in Suicide Squad. He was funny, although I didn't really quite understand his character. His character was frustrating in the fact that he wasn't willing to break his own moral code like the rest of them. And I guess that's also what makes him interesting. But anyways, I'm not really interested in watching a whole series on this. You know, I guess it all depends on what the reviews say. I did think John Cena was funny in the role. Is this something that you're going to be checking out, though? I mean, do you feel like an entire series based on this character is going to be something that does well? That's a good question. Will this comedic sense of him being just the the dumbest superheroes out there and having the eagle as his friend, you know, the, the sight gags and the, you know, the fact he's going to be running around possibly in his underwear again, like he was in the suicide squad. I mean, uh, it was, it was funny at the time you know, as far as doing all the stuff that he did in suicide squad, but I was checking out HBO max and it says eight episodes for January, 2022 for peacemaker series. So interested to see what is going to happen with that. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to seeing how his character gets expanded upon. I think that it is going to be a challenge to see if you can contain that humor and be able to extend that humor out over the course of a series. So I'm interested and intrigued. I am going to give it an initial shot, and I know we'll report our thoughts here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So I'm looking forward to sharing my thoughts on the series with that. But yes, it is Peacemaker. It is John Cena. I'm just actually glad that he was able to go ahead and take the time to do that because he's a very busy man with all the different things that he's doing and the movie roles that he's still getting and the fact that he still occasionally dips his toe back into the waters of the WWE, that he still had time to go ahead and film this. I think it shows that he's excited to play the character, that he's excited to go ahead and extend the life of the character and extend and broaden the reach of what this character can do so i'm intrigued by it i'm intrigued by it and i'm, I'm hoping that there are good things in store for us with peacemaker on hbo max coming out in january so i'm gonna give it a shot my friend in fact like i said with john cena taking the time to film this because it does take a little bit of an extended stay to go ahead and film these episodes for his busy schedule it shows he's really committed to this character, and at least I'm going to give him props for that. But your final thoughts on Peacemaker before we head to the break. So I, this is not something I'm going to be going out of my way to watch. But, you know, if the reviews are good, you know, it's funny. I've been actually striking out on TV shows a lot lately. Like I watched last night, I watched the first episode of Wheel of Time on Amazon, and I was totally expecting this to be amazing. But the CG just really fell short for me. It's like my fear of these like movie properties put down onto a lower level is that it's just not going to have the same like quality and the same wow factor as other things. You know, some, you know, it, it depends on the reviews for me. Will I watch Peacemaker? Maybe we'll see. I don't know. But, you know, it's cool that they are expanding and connecting universes through smaller types of media. It's funny, though, that you talk about Wheel of Time. And I am personally thinking it's all right. 
I still think that there should be a lot more CG than as far as the magical part of the whole thing. I'm thinking there's too much conversation and character building. I think that it's good that they have it, but I think there's a whole lot of it. I think that's in place of the actual mystical and magical elements that I think need to be a little bit more sprinkled into the series. So it's kind of going to be a series for me that I watched and I'm going to have to try and get back into. I know my wife's a little bit farther ahead of me on the number of shows that she's seen as composed to me. So I've been catching up on a lot of other things as far as uh, what we're seeing on TV. I know I started Star Trek Discovery and I finished Cowboy Bebop and I watched No Time to Die and just trying to catch up on a lot of things on that. So I will eventually get back to the Wheel of Time. It's not really bad for me. It's just not really super great for me. So I'm going to have to get back into the Wheel of Time if I can. But I will tell you what, it is Peacemaker. It's something that at least we're going to give a shot. At least Josh said not right away. For me, I think I am going to give it a shot right away. So I will give my initial impressions next month when Peacemaker on HBO Max comes out. Are you excited for John Cena? playing the role of Peacemaker once again in an HBO Max limited series. We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Once again, we're going to be coming at you right after the break. And after the break, we are going to hit you up with the Game Awards, Game of the Year predictions, five of the coolest pop culture gift ideas, including a property that has not been touched for 38 years. Plus, will Josh stay at the house known for Home Alone. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more but we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson, Josh Reno, the Josh master, Mr. Holly Josh himself of the Christmas season. Want to go ahead and make sure you check us out on our brand new Wisdom app. That's right. The wisdom app for conversations that matter. Talk with thoughtful and amazing people like us. You can listen live or listen later and be inspired by thousands of conversations just like ours. So go ahead and check it out on your iPhone app. Go to the Apple store. Go ahead and download it today for life advice and so much more at the wisdom app. Plus also want to make sure everybody knows we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. We're going to go ahead and check us out today. Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube, Twitch, and so much more. But all of our games, so many during the course of the week. We've got games every weekend. We've got Saturday, Sunday. We've got Monday, The Demolition Force. We've got Tuesday with Rob and his whimsical one-shot. We've got Wednesdays with Melinda. She does not just one, but two great shows. We've also got The Vampires and Vitae coming up Sunday afternoons as well. Plus, also, we've got other great things that always seem to go on and special events all the time, plus great interviews. And also, the latest news and trends of pop culture on Pop Culture Cosmos at Facebook. But, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. It is our favorite time of the video game year. 
when we go ahead and get to talk about Jeff Keighley once again for the Game Awards. I know we do it every time around E3, but we're going to be talking about a little bit more Jeff Keighley again. We also love to talk about Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley, Jeff Keighley. But, you know, I got to give him credit. He is going ahead and doing another outstanding Game Awards show that's coming up. You know, I know that's such a hard undertaking to go ahead and do, so I want to give him props on that. I know I've teased and picked on him over the course of the years on some of the things that he said and done over the years, but you know what? I got to give him credit this year because he is not allowing any Activision Blizzard demos or trailers or anything like that as a response to the current allegations of sexual harassment that are currently going down and the fact that Bobby Kotick is still in power and the CEO. So I will give him all the respect in the world for doing that. The only representation that Activision Blizzard will have for anything relating to the Game Awards is actually if they're nominated for awards. So again, I want to give him props for that. But it is the Game Awards coming up on December 9th going to be streamed out there and i know a lot of people are going to check it out you're going to see a lot of great trailers for upcoming games i this time was it last year we saw the great trailer for the upcoming mass effect so that got us all excited so before we get into the game of the year my friend your thoughts on jeff Keeley's brainchild yeah i guess props to him on the whole blizzard thing but also you know as far as the awards go it kind of bums me out that we're not gonna be able to see halo infinite in there at all supposedly they got an advanced look at the game it didn't get any nominations and i think that's something that kind of bums me out a little bit that's very telling you know well no it's just like it the game awards should be in january and they should give a chance for all these because forza made the list so they, they should be giving an opportunity to these other december games that come out all throughout the year because that means halo won't be able to get nominated for anything else you know but forza didn't get it in the right category that i'm thinking of yes it got it in the sports category blah 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 but uh, you know as we'll go into it now my friend the game of the year is the game that everybody talks about at the game awards they don't talk about all the other categories that are out there really once they're announced everybody forgets about that all they care about is the game of the year at the game awards and the nominations came out for the game of the year. And here are the nominations for the game of the year. Deathloop. It Takes Two. Metroid Dread. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Resident Evil Village. There's your list, my friend. And to me, outside of Deathloop, to me, all the rest of these games have been rated and what i've seen and what i've interacted with have been good even very good but not great representations outside of death loop and it's 10 from ign and a lot of other people praising it at the time i don't see any of these games that were released they were all thought of well really well on some occasions but not to the point where they were talked about as the game of the year it takes two it got praised but a lot of people don't like everything surrounding it but the actual co-op part of it is a great part of it it, it brings a lot of couch co-op you know something that has been faded out of the video game experience couch co-op so that's something that brings back plus online co-op metroid dread which is the major release for nintendo this year resident evil village which was a very good representation it's a beautiful game to look at Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart, which really is a, also a very good game to look at. It's just a 
beautiful game on PlayStation 5, and you've talked about this game as well, but I don't remember hearing you saying that, wow, this was the best game of the year when you played through it. And Psychonauts 2, which is a worthy successor, it's very good. It was rated very good, but is it getting into this category because people feel like they shunned the original game because of how great the original game really was, in fact, became a cult hit, and it didn't get across at that time along the mainstream, and now that many years later they've got it, they put out a sequel that, oh my gosh, we got to go ahead and reward this game because of what we did for the first game. So I have a feeling it's to me it's a little bit of that, and then of course Deathloop, which got all the praise then in September, but really, you know, when I'm hearing this game of the year talk since on all these shows and podcasts and things of that nature doesn't get as much as it once did the praise that it once did but you know at the end of the year wars are coming out for everybody so we'll soon see but your thoughts on this man i mean i'm not seeing some of the stuff that you praise so highly like for instance forza horizon 5 should be on this list hitman 3 should be on this list for me the best multiplayer experience is not halo call of duty or battlefield it was chivalry 2 that was an incredible multiplayer experience and it's not there as well yeah so there's a lot on this list that i had i mean i've played three of these games i played psychonauts 2 i've played ratchet and clank and i've played resident evil village resident evil village really great game very very good game very scary game beautiful game the the graphics are super character models are super sharp yeah absolutely spectacular game speaking to like ratchet and clank you know, it's a Ratchet & Clank game. I don't think it deserved all the praise that it got. Moving on to Psychonauts 2, fun game, but it doesn't... It was such an under-the-radar game, it doesn't feel like it really deserves to win Game of the Year. It, it's, it just it surprised me that it made that category. Yes, I would have loved to see Forza Horizon 5 in there. You know what I really would have loved to see is Tales of Arise, because that game was absolutely spectacular. Probably the funnest... It's probably going to end up being my Game of the Year is Tales of Arise. Death loop, like, yeah, I, I think they're basing it more on critical reception than things that people, normal people, actually enjoyed. Absolutely, and then of course, there's Mass Effect Legendary Edition for us was an incredible experience as well. So, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, again, the best game of the year for me is is still deciding upon it, but they're still with Forza Horizon, Hitman Three. There's so many other games out there that are also being talked about for Game of the Year that wasn't mentioned as part of this list. I'm not sure. Again, Resident Evil Village was getting a lot of eights, a lot of uh, seven and a halfs, eights, nines. And so there, you know, there was a lot of people that really praised it, but I'm not sure people praised it to the point where it should be talked about in the Game of the Year. When it comes out to Deathloop, Deathloop to me is the only game that came out with so much hype and so much critical praise upon it that I think it definitely deserves a spot on this list. And that, that's just my opinion. I mean, but of these six games, I think It Takes Two has been was praised very well for the co-op experience, but I think a lot of people are now talking about how disenchanted they were with the story and some of the plot things that went on and as far as the ending is concerned. So people have been picking that apart now that it's been out for a little while. I think it should not be on this list as well. I think it's a good game, a very good game, but I don't think it deserves a spot on this list. I think it, there was enough on this year list uh, this year that, that could have been changed. I, I just think there's enough good games, very good games, great games that were made available this year in 2021 
I think this is a very, very good year for video games. They're a good list. It's a solid list, but outside of Deathloop, which has gotten a whole ton of critical praise, I don't see any other game on this list being at the level within such a good year for video games because this is one of the better years for video games I think that we've had in a long time. I really think that the list could have been made differently for the game of year. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how these nominations work. Again, it feels like it's based on critical reception because I don't know a lot of people that went out and said, oh yeah, I love Deathloop. It's such a great game. It does feel like there should have been better things, like you said, Chivalry too. And there are indie games out there that you know, I, and I would love to see an indie title make game of the year. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, hold on, let me let me go through what I have actually played. So here, let me regale you with my list here. The Medium, pretty good game. Resident Evil Village, excellent game. Ratchet and Clank, I did Haven, Artful Escape, Pokemon, so, uh, Forza. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of other good titles. You know, in Guardians of the Galaxy, people seem to enjoy, and that didn't make a nomination. I don't know. It's just like the, this this list doesn't really interest me that much. I don't really care about what wins Game of the Year this year. If Resident Evil Village won, I think that that would be a game well-deserving of the win because that was a game that truly had enthralled me from beginning to end. Well, there you go. There you have it. There's Josh's thoughts and my thoughts on the upcoming the game awards game of the year with the nominations are out so i want to hear your thoughts out there in the wisdom app or wherever you get our podcast and our show if you got a chance please let us know in the chat or if you have thoughts out there on what should be the game of the year amongst the nominees that the game awards has for this upcoming december 9th Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village. If any of those is your game of the year, or do you have another choice for game of the year, we would love to hear it. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos on the Wisdom app, PopCultureCosmos on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You can chat with us there, at PopCultureCosmos on Twitter, or wherever you see PopCultureCosmos. Of course, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, I want to thank you so much as always. I know you've been working the Wisdom app as best you can. Hopefully it has been a good first-time experience for everyone out there. And thank you so much for your patience on listening to us on the Wisdom app. And, of course, everyone out there that listens to us on radio stations worldwide and wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, my friend, you'd wanted to go ahead and talk some of the coolest pop culture gift ideas that are out there for your pop culture fan in your life 
So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on five of the coolest pop culture gift ideas that you have that you would love to see put into your stocking this Christmas. Yeah, okay. So th these are mostly like, I have some DVD stuff on here, but these are mostly like collectibles. The Office box set, I, I, I think, is an absolute must-have. And next, I got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie figures by NECA. Have you seen those? I have. They're from the movies and not from the cartoons. Also, in the vein of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Walmart actually has these throwback figures that are re recreations of the Playmate figures that were made back in the late 80s and early 90s. So you can go to Walmart, pick those up. Those are really neat. Walmart just recently got a collection of Stranger Things action figures. Have you had a chance to check those out? I have just briefly, though. Just briefed. I know Rob and Jay, who do the Jay and Rob show for Jinx TV, plus also you can, wherever you get your podcasts, that they do advertise on this show. Wanted to go ahead and give them a shout out because they are the masterminds behind everything action figure right now. GameStop right now has a sale on props. So you can buy like replica props of Stormbringer from Avengers Endgame. So that is another one. It's a, it's, I think it's going for about $125 right now. And it's a full-size replica. Comes up like if I were, I, I'd say it's probably about, I don't know, four feet tall. Like it, it's a pretty big thing. And that is really cool. Finally, I would like to talk about one more replica piece that I came across. That is a Spider-Man helmet. The eyes light up. You can wear it. And it's made out of metal. It has the Iron Spider feel to it but that is also available via GameStop or you can find it on like eBay I'm sure probably for just a little bit more money. I think you have four that you've named off. So I said The Office, the Ninja Turtle NECA figures, the Ninja Turtle remake figures. Well, that's um, kind of like the same thing. you know. <laughs> I guess that's so. That's cheating man. That's cheating. You have, you have Stormbringer and you have the Spider-Man helmets. Come on. And that's then... that's kind of like four. <laughs> i got one this is the other one i was gonna say you can buy lamps that have dragon balls on them and those are available you can get them from i think they're on like hot topic GameStop, and you know all those usual trendy pop culture places but you can plug those in you can choose how many stars you want on the dragon ball itself pretty neat little thing and that was something i was considering picking up for myself that's a good list right there so you want to check that out please go ahead and do so at the various outlets you can because those are five great ideas including the teenage mutant ninja <laughs> turtles got to smash it into one because you know if you're going to request one you're going to request the other it's the same thing and you're going to get it all in one you know because you got somebody out there that loves you and loves the fact that you're into pop culture and obviously wants to make you happy so you're gonna you're gonna ask for one you're gonna ask for another so it's tmnt tmnt so. yes tmnt indeed but for me and my list, it gets to the point where you want to go ahead and talk about pop culture stuff. I want to go ahead and start off with earbuds. Earbuds people need because they're either dropping them, losing them, they can't find them, they've got it lost in the couch, or they accidentally stepped on them. So people always need a replacement on their earbuds. And you could go with some of the earbuds that I've reviewed over the course of the past couple of years, like the Helm Audio ones that I did, or the Lavanda Loons, or the One More Comfortable Buds, which I got, which I've reviewed that earlier this year, which you can go ahead and check out because that's as low as $59.99 for versions there that you can get on Amazon. Each of those three are, are really solid, so you can check that out. 
or you can get into a different stylized version of earbuds. Like for instance, if you type in the word Star Wars earbuds on Bing or Google, a ton of earbuds pop up with the Star Wars theme that are as low as $30. So you can go ahead and check that out. Or if you just want simple headphones, wired headphones, that'll stick right in. You could get them as underneath $10 even still out there. So want to go ahead and check that out if you just type in Star Wars earbuds. But there's some really good things out there. Quality could be varying, so be warned. But still, just having some cool Star Wars earbuds or headphones might be really something that people would want to get into with the Star Wars motif. For number two, ugly Christmas sweaters, because it's that time of the year, everyone. And I know I have one already with Darth Vader on it. But with so many ones that I've seen out there already, uh, out in stores, like at Walmart and other retailers, with Baby Yoda on it, I've seen Rick and Morty, I've seen Stranger Things, I've seen... So many others, friends that are out there. I mean, the Warner Brothers store, if you want to check that out, has tons of pop culture themed Christmas sweaters for that. Or if you just type in again, going ahead, bang, heading back to Bing or Google, the person that you're going to go ahead and give, give for their favorite pop culture IP, type it in Star Wars Christmas sweater, or you can type in Superman Christmas sweater, or type in anything that you want Christmas sweater. And it's going to come up because there are a ton of ugly Christmas sweaters that are out there with your favorite pop culture IP. So please go ahead and type that in because I think you'll be really worth it. Do you have a pop culture ugly Christmas sweater, my friend? I, I have a Dragon Ball Z Christmas sweater. But they make one. There's something out there for everybody. Yes, yes. See, there you go. Even Josh has a Dragon Ball Z Christmas sweater. And I didn't even know one existed. So you have a, a person out there in, in your life that really loves a certain property and you would love to see them wrapped up in an ugly Christmas sweater as part of it, go ahead and check that out today. Just type in it in a search and it'll come right up for you. Next on the list, Josh, you like Funko Pops, right? Sometimes. What do you got for me? Have you ever thought of getting a Funko Pop of yourself? I cannot say that I have. But now you can, my friend, because there are ways to go ahead and get a personalized Funko Pop. So personalized Funko Pops are now available and that would be an amazing gift. Although I'm assuming you would have to get that right now and order that right now because it does take time to go ahead and have that done. So if you want to go ahead and do it or do it yourself, there's a you know, do it yourself model that you can go ahead and get for $12. But again, personalized Funko Pops are available on that. So if you want to go ahead and get personalized Funko Pops, you can go to Etsy. They're available out there, but they do cost a little bit. But yes, if you want to go ahead and go check out a customized Funko Pop of the person in your life you want to get it for, Arcade 1-Up and II Arcade are two great things. You have a Legends Ultimate right behind you. I mean, those are Beautiful. great things. Yeah, so there you go, my friend. You've been, you've been into it. I have an Arcade 1-Up here, my friend. One of the things that has been long asked for, and I re recently mentioned it on one of the other shows, is an Arcade Tron 1-Up. So an oh, Arcade 1-Up Tron has been uh, recently yeah. released, and you can get that through the Arcade 1-Up.com site, along with a ton of other available options. But 
Tron with the actual flight stick and the wheel right there, giving you the, recreating that experience. I think that's something that people have recreated on their own because they've been able to do it themselves, but now it's being released in a retail fashion. I think if people are really looking forward to going back in time and back to the pizza joints and the arcades and playing Tron, go ahead and check out arcade1up.com and their version of the Tron Arcade One Up. And last but not least, my friend, see, everybody knows about Dark Horse Comics, that they have a great list of comics that are out there. They also have a ton of pop culture books that are out there. So if you have someone in your life that's looking forward to maybe in more Hellboy, Stranger Things, Halo Infinite, some really good books that are relating to there. They've all been released in recent times, American Gods. There's so many different pop culture IPs that are there as far as the book part of Dark Horse Books. Check out darkhorse.com. But one thing hit me in particular, my friend, and I was editing one of our shows a couple of weeks ago, and in the background, you know, you always like to have something playing in the background just to keep your mind active and busy while you're editing and whatnot. And the thing I had on YouTube in the background was Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension, something I hadn't oh, seen oh. in decades. It was a not a successful movie at the movie theaters. It turned out to be a cult-like movie, people following it many years later. It is not the most politically correct of movies. I will say that as well. So I think uh, that, uh, yes. So it will not it's a movie that would not fly in today's current climate. It all centers around fighting against aliens, you know, him ultimately yeah. saving the day and all that with his group of cast of characters that are almost as wild as he is as far as external that's part of it. You know, if you enjoy the movie, you enjoy all the cast of different characters and support characters, which included Jeff Goldblum in a cowboy outfit the entire time. So that was kind of amusing in and of itself. But the last thing before the end of the movie you saw was, you know how Marvel movies say the Eternals will return or Shang-Chi will return or mm -hmm. the Avengers will return before the credits roll, right? Last, right? Because the last thing that this movie said before the credits rolled was, Buckaroo Banzai will return entitled Buckaroo Banzai Against the World Crime League. Just tell, like yeah. the world's longest cliffhanger right yes. here. So yeah, that was 38 years ago that that movie came out. And the original writer of the screenplay, Earl MacRauk, finally, after 38 years, the sequel has finally come out to bookstores. It came out last month. I actually did know. So I looked it oh. up. I looked just for kicks after I watched the movie that night, you know, and as I was editing. I looked it up on a search. Did he ever make Against the World Crime League? And sure enough, it came out like two weeks before I actually saw this film. So just as a coincidence. So Buckaroo Banzai Against the World Crime League. If anybody out there is a fan of the Buckaroo Banzai original movie from the 80s, it is out now. It is available. It is part of the DarkHorse.com library. You want to go ahead and check out all the books that they have there covering so many famous IPs at DarkHorse.com. But it is out there. It is Again, the sequel, 38 years after the original movie came out, the same gentleman who wrote the original screenplay for Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eight Dimension. So it's there. If you're interested, check it out today at darkhorse.com. So great ideas, my friend. Great ideas for pop culture gifts out there for someone in your life. So if you have a pop culture gift idea for that someone special in your life, please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com or the wisdom app or facebook or youtube or instagram or everywhere we're at pop culture cosmos but my friend it's been a great episode 
And I thank you know, everybody that listened to us and watched us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, the Wisdom app. Can I thank enough our new listeners there? Plus also as well, everybody that checks us out everywhere worldwide on radio and wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, my friend, I know you're a bigger Home Alone fan than I am. I know you were enticed when you probably heard this news, but Airbnb recently acquired the rights to go ahead and let you have the opportunity to stay at the same home famous for the Home Alone movie. And if you do decide to go ahead and do so, you may very well have the opportunity to go ahead and have as part of that experience with the original Home Alone house, get to go ahead and not only experience some of the traps that are there, but let Buzz McAllister himself, the older brother, reach you into this Airbnb. So I want to hear your thoughts as someone who loves to go ahead and, and travel and loves the Home Alone IP a lot more than I do. Let me hear your thoughts on this. Would you love to stay at a Home Alone? You know what? For 25 bucks a night, of course. I mean, that just is like a given. And I have a feeling there's going to be a waiting list on that thing that lasts several years. But 25 bucks a night to stay in the Home Alone house is a pretty good deal, if you ask me. You must be 18 plus and have a verified Airbnb profile and a history of positive reviews before you're allowed that. It is, uh, I believe, in Winnetka, Illinois. It's just north of Chicago. They'll tell you the exact location once you go ahead and book it. It's got a greeting by Buzz McAllister. It's got traps set up for you and all that good stuff that you can go ahead and experience it, just like the movie that came out before. So, you know I mean? Seems like you're up for it, man. You think the family would be as well? The address is listed online. You just Google the address of the house. It's right here, 671 Lincoln Avenue. Okay, Winnetka, well, Airbnb Illinois. blew it on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my girls love Home Alone quite a bit, so much so that we have to limit how much they watch it because they tend to quote every line in that movie. Again, 25 bucks a night. Sure, why not? I mean, I don't know if, like, from here, if that trip would be worth it. But if I were in the neighborhood of Illinois, then sure, why not? Okay. All right, man. I'm just checking. Just checking indeed. But if anyone out there would love to stay at a Home Alone Airbnb at the original house that is from Home Alone, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. I want to also let you know our scheduled interview with Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. We're going to talk about the whole gambit of the MCU with Jeff Sloboda on the Friday show. I want to give another warm welcome to our friends out there on the Wisdom app. Please, if you're interested, again, in some great conversations, you'd be inspired by thousands of conversations that are available to you now, live, and also available later at any time of your convenience, go ahead and check out the Wisdom app today and coming soon to Android for all you Android users like me out there. So please go ahead and check out everything that's going on with the Wisdom app. But my friend, any last thoughts before we head on out? I mean, on the topic of Home Alone, you know, you can also buy the Home Alone house as a Lego set for like 300 bucks. Of course you can. You like open it up and play in the back of it like a dollhouse. It's pretty neat. If you want to go ahead and set up your own traps and have your own Home Alone experience, Lego or Airbnb, there you go. Just don't watch the latest Home Alone, Home Sweet Alone or whatever it's called on Disney Plus. That, I think you can live with. So for Josh Peterson... This is Gerald Glassford. 
It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great